Welcome back. Clock's on the stove. College sure. football episode once again. We're going to recap week zero and dive into week one. There's a lot about to happen in this next upcoming hour, two hours, three hours, days, weeks, however long this podcast is about to be. So buckle up. There's a lot of information that's about to be thrown at you. So let's start us off. Just right off rip. Let's go into week zero recap. We had Western Kentucky beating Austin. I don't know how to pronounce it. Pay or P? P. P. 38-27. Zach, you got anything you want to say about that game? Yeah, I went back and watched some highlights. Um, I was actually surprised P kept it uh, really close. They actually had the lead in the first and second quarter. But um, with a lot of these uh, FCS, FBS matchups, they can keep it close initially. But, um, you know, you start to see the depth come out and kind of like the rotations play a big part in like the second half of the game. And that's where um, Western Kentucky just kind of like ran away with it. So that's all that really happened there. Really showed you how much they relied on Bailey Zapp last year also. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm um, obviously they were able to uh, make some second half corrections, uh, came out a lot stronger, win the turnover battle in that second half. So um, I wasn't really impressed by them. Um, they took care of business, though, which is what you need to see. Nice. Now, I think everyone's kind of game of the week on week zero was Northwestern, Nebraska, Northwestern. Do you even call it an upset? I know, like, on paper, it's considered an upset because, like... <sighs> yes, it is. Just I... gross. Nebraska, they looked so good. The first, the first like... It looked great. The first drive, especially, the first quarter, I was like, oh, my gosh, Mike, this new quarterback, who is this dude? And then, you know, it just never fails. They just can never get it done. Dude, never. they looked great. All right, so, so, first of all, Northwestern beat Nebraska in Dublin, Ireland for our first, I guess you could say, game of the week of the season. 31 to 28. And um, there's two major things I want to talk about. First is Scott Frost is not that guy. Everyone bashes Texas and USC for like, we're back so much. But I think, I think Nebraska is more embarrassing than those two teams. I think Nebraska is, is, is worse than Texas. And the thing that, that frustrates me about Nebraska too, is like, they just keep giving him a chance. Like, I don't understand. And, like, they have this – you hear it from Will Compton on Busting with the Boys all the time. Like, oh, we barely lost. We barely lost. Dude, you could barely lose your whole season. You're still losing the fucking games. Yeah. Losing by yeah. 100 and losing by one is still a loss. Did I'm you pretty lose? sure – I'm pretty sure uh, I saw a fact. This was, like, what, the, like, 14th or something game he's lost by one possession or less. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can use it as an excuse to bring him back. Like, the fans will be like, oh, but, like, you know, we're right on the cusp. Like, we're right there. It's just, like – a few things you need to tweak. Dude, if it's a few things you need to tweak every fucking game, that means you're consistently falling short in the coaching category. Mm-hmm. And then one of the one of the biggest things that I had a problem with is right after the game, he's like, yeah, our offensive staff has to do – like we're a little too vanilla. Dude, yeah. don't you fucking sit with them and come up with the play calls for the week? And you're going to like immediately after the game be like, oh, yeah, we got to go back to the drawing board. No, you need to go back to the drawing board and figure shit out before you roll out some – Stupid ass play calling. I mean, we were talking about it while the game was going on. Uh, Grace, you were texting me. You were like, dude, it's so obvious. Like, it's a third and medium, third and long. Like, they're going to run a screen right here. Like, it's so blatantly obvious. Like, it's painful almost to watch. Like, it's like watching your little cousin play football. Like, you know what they're going to do. But yeah, no, and that was thing- frustrating too. Sorry, I cut you off. Is their offense is like, and like Caleb said in the first half, they're producing, they were balling. And then for some reason, I, I feel like when I was watching the game, because I was helping my friend move his sister out. So I was like glancing at it, getting something out of the door, glancing at it. They were third, they were over third and eight every time they were on third down. Every single time. They're playing third and 15, third and 20, third and nine. Like, I don't understand. Like, why change? Why why fix was not broken? You know, and I think the huge thing to take away from here is the onside kick. You're up by 11 going into third. So much momentum. So much momentum. And you go for a fucking onside kick. 
I don't get that at all. Like, why put your why put your your boys in that position anyway? You know what I mean? Like, you're already like, why kill your momentum? Why put your team in that position where like, even though Northwestern's offense isn't great, like you give someone the ball on the fucking forty, like they're that's so much easier than freaking having it on their own twenty. I want to say Northwestern scored eighteen unanswered after that onside kick. I, I feel like I think that I saw a stat that if Scott Frost won his next forty or fifty games in a row, he still wouldn't have his record would be the same as Bo Pelini's when he got fired. No, it'd be worse. It'd be worse oh, than Bo Pelini's. Yeah, yeah, like nuts. 40, 40 in a row. Yeah. Come on, bro. I mean, he would he would have a couple rings though. He would have a couple rings if they if they I won fifty Bo, in a row. I didn't think <laughs> I'm, I'm in no way a Nebraska fan, but I didn't think Bo Pelini was that bad. I liked him. I didn't think so either. I, I liked I, it. And then he went to Youngstown State and won a fucking or went to the national championship in his second year there. Yeah. yeah, this is where I think you have an issue with some programs where, like, you're kind of a middle-of-the-pack school and a Power 5 conference. Like, you have a coach that's carried you so far and given you really solid records throughout the year, but you feel as an athletic director, as a program, that you're ready to take that next step. The problem is they didn't have a coach that they were – well, they thought they had a coach that they could solidly be like, hey, we can turn the reins over to this guy and he'll take us to the next level. Obviously, they were way wrong in that department. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure the guy in between Polini and um and Frost was the Oregon State head coach. I'm not sure about. I'm not even sure. I think he was. He, so, it, dude, the thing is, Bo Pelini was good, and the problem is, is you you had Bo Pelini when you transitioned from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten. So yeah, it's going to take a little. The Big Ten's a much better conference. Yeah. It's going to take a little time to adjust. And they, I just feel and like recruiting and every, yeah, everything. Like everything, everything as a whole, the culture, the culture of the big 10 is different than the culture of the Pac-12, the big 12. Yeah. yeah. I don't really got much more to say than that. I think Frost is done. I think Nebraska knows they're getting rid of them and they're under the table looking for guys right now. I just don't think, I, I, I don't think Nebraska will ever be like the powerhouse. It was, there's just nothing there. Like it's this corn, you know, it's corn. I mean, I, I knew you were going to say that. I fucking knew. Dude, I, I got to say something about that. I don't think I've ever seen a video where, like, I like it immediately triggers me. Like, I, I think I was fine with the original video, but the edit or, like, remix they made, like, I listen to it before I go to the gym just because how bad, like, it just ticks me off. Like, dude, it just, I like, like it. I like it. Dude, I it like the remix. Like, I'm like. It's, there's, it, it, like, hits something in my brain where it's, like, you need to, like, smack a child. Like, that. <laughs> That's what it does for me. Like, it's just immediate rage. But moving on from that, um, so last week we talked about some games. Uh, Utah State was, I think, 42. Oh, my God. How do you not like that? Dude, no. Okay, I love the kid. I, I, I love the kid. I think the kid deserves um, yeah. some fame for his love for corn. But uh, <laughs> moving on, um, we had UNLV top – Idaho State, 52-21. I really didn't check into that game. There were other games going on. I don't think anyone really has much to say about that. I will say, though, UNLV's um, turnover slot machine, fucking dope. I thought that was the sickest idea ever. Um, I was kind of against a lot of teams copying, like, turnover chain ideas. But honestly, like, whatever gets your team involved or, like, kind of inspires them to, like, make big plays, like, I'm all for it. Like, do something to keep your guys, like, uh, engaged, not engaged, because everyone should want to play football. Yeah, but like get the energy it's up. It's an incentive. Keep it's an incentive. Up. It's an incentive. Yeah. And if you yeah, look exactly. at it, I don't like I said, I don't, I can't give you the exact uh, statistic on it, but I'm pretty sure when Miami brought over the turnover chain, they had like triple the amount of turnovers from the season before because it gave people a reason to get the ball. But then, but then Zach, like you said, it's a cool incentive for kids. 
but so the NCAA is cool with that, but you can't you can't use props in baseball. Yeah, it makes no. It makes it's just NCAA itself. It, it's because baseball doesn't bring in enough money, so of course they're not going to let them have fun. They're going to be like, yeah, oh, baseball, go fuck yourself. Like, dude, uh, that shit pisses me off. But um, moving forward, we had Utah State, UConn. I was actually I, – I remember uh, in the first quarter I called you, Grayson, because I was like, dude, UConn has the lead. Like, our picks look fucking It was terrible. 14-0 in the first. Yeah, I'm like, we look terrible right now. I'm like, we're never – I'm like, we, we might not even be able to post our record. For Zach, how we Zach wanted this. to delete the post on our picks because <laughs> – he was like, dude, I was, it looks so bad. Yeah. I mean, I did say UConn was going to cover the spread because I think the spread before the game was 42 and a half. And by the way, if you ever see a spread of over 40 points and it doesn't involve Alabama, please take the other team because the odds of them actually covering 40 points is ridiculous. I mean, even, even um, Florida State, we were, I think, 39 and a half point favorites. Didn't we didn't even cover that. And we dominated. Like, we dominated that game. And we still didn't cover. Mm. Um, but, yeah, UConn got out to an early lead. But, obviously, um, UConn's UConn will never be, like, a prestigious program. Um, I'm glad they still have a program. But, I mean, just they just didn't do anything. Yeah. And then we got Illinois-Wyoming. I mean, I don't think anyone really gave a shit about this game. Um, we did say – the only thing I got to say – oh, Illinois won 38-6. I will say we did think it was going to be a one-score game. So, that was – poor on our parts but uh brett belima is their head coach and he had success in wisconsin sucked ass at arkansas but now he's back at illinois so i mean maybe they'll go six and six who knows i don't i feel like illinois is one of those filler teams in the big 10 yeah, they're just kind of like there to get uh, teams wins they're just not good ever ever i was kind of the school's dope though i think illinois as a school is awesome yeah i will say um i feel like one of their biggest problems is as a big 10 school you can't be a pushover on defense and I think one of the big things that I saw to them, I mean, even though it was Wyoming, they kind of stepped up big defensively uh, just with their front um, their front seven. They were able to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and actually get into the backfield a lot, which you hadn't seen in years past. Um, I, I thought it was a good showing, especially for week zero. It's what you want to see out of them. But obviously, like, you're not going to see them late in the year going up against, like, I don't I don't even know if they're, they're in the east or west. I need to brush up on my homework on that. But they're not going to be contending. Yeah, Wisconsin side, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the East or whatever. It, they're not going to contend. They're not going to contend for the Big Ten Championship. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. yeah, so next we got Florida State, Duquesne. First of all, don't know how it's spelled like that and then pronounced Duquesne. Makes Duquesne. Makes absolutely no sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> but Florida State won 47-7. Um, and I'm just going to give my opinion as a Florida State fan right now. Listen, there's been a lot of ba- bashing of Florida State, like – you guys are celebrating a win over Duquesne, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 listen, listen. It's not that that we beat Duquesne – or excuse me, not we. It's not that Florida State beat Duquesne and, and us as fans are excited about it. It's that for the last two years, these were questionable matchups for us. Like, it was like <laughs> FCS team, like, you know? And so I don't know. It's good to see Florida State do what they were supposed to do. And yeah. I think I'm speaking yeah. on the behalf of most Florida State fans where, yeah, we knew we were going to win the game. It was, it was cool to watch them win the game. But it was just nice knowing that they did what they were supposed to do. Because it's been a couple years since Florida State's done that. And it's not – and, like, 47 points is, like, you know what I mean? The offense had to be doing something or, like, turnovers or whatever. So, like, they definitely had to be playing, like, somewhat good football to score almost 50 points on somebody. So Exactly. And then you had three 100-yard rushers, Trashawn Ward with 127, Trey Benson with 105, and then my boy Lawrence Toafili with 101 yards. (laughs) 
Not yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence. Yeah, I will say two things. Uh, number one, even, uh, with this running back trio, this I don't think we've ever had three 100-yard rushers in a game, and that's coming from a program who had Devontae Freeman, Jacquez Patrick, and De- Deontay Wilder Jr. at the same time, and we ended up winning the national uh, championship that year. And, and there was a we're... filthy fullback. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry I blinked that out, but there was a good fullback. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying we're going to win the Natty. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that we may be a little more back than we once were. You know, we, we haven't had a lot to uh, be happy about as Florida State fans in years past. So to finally be able to blow a team out and actually just, like, hear the fans get um, the chant going, like, you hear the war you hear the war cry, like, we doing all that. Like, it's finally good to have it back. Um, it's not embarrassing to be a Florida State fan anymore. There's some buzz yeah. right now. There's, yeah. like, what's going to happen in this season yeah. in the air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I Here's another thing. I am now a fan – of Duquesne just because of what happened when Barstool posted a video of that one lineman on their sideline where it looked like he had his pants pulled up that was to his to I his uh was unreal. yeah it wasn't so, his pants though yeah okay so Duquesne came out with a post and was like here's some Sunday red for you and posted the photo of that same lineman to show that it was just a red undershirt and it had blended in so I was a huge fan of saving their uh, saving their own players, um, I guess, yeah. reputation. Yeah, because people were clowning him. Like, people were like, Florida State's bragging about this, and they got Steve Urkel on the sidelines, like, wearing his pants high. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, oh, God. I felt so bad for the kid, but then the fact that the school stepped up for him, honestly, I want to see the kid get, like, an NIL sponsorship for some overalls because I think that would be hilarious. Would be sick. Well, like, they just yeah. look like you're like, bro, like, this kid can't be playing D1 football. Like, what yeah, that's happening? what it was yeah. like. Yeah, that was, like, those were the roasts. Oh, he my God. He was on God. the sideline, like. I vividly – I sent it to one of my boys. I was like, this isn't real. Come on yeah. now. Yeah. What's yeah. crazy is, is that kid, because I actually learned more about him. He came to the Duquesne program as, like, a 6'8", 240-pound tight end. And then they immediately switched him the next year, made him put on 50 pounds, and now he's an O-lineman. In his second year. So he had to make that big switch. And then got not only did he was forced to switch from an athletic skill position to an O-line, which is already hard enough because O-line goes through hell. But then he got clowned for it by Barstool. And then his school had to save him. So glad Duquesne did that. They get they got a fan out of me at least. So that's one more person cheering him on. I'll always give him a shout out. And I'll let people know if they win a game week to week. I don't know how many games they're going to win. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Um, moving on, we had our very own FAU Owls go up, going up against the Charlotte 49ers. Um, out here finishing my degree down here in old Boca Raton. But um, I was really impressed when the Kosi Perry, he was actually one of the finalists for the Golden Arm or Johnny Unitas uh, Golden Arm Award, um, along with four other players. Um, one of the people that was in the watch list was the quarterback he just went up against, and he absolutely wiped the floor with his ass. So um, you can take him off the watch list. I also but want to Nicosi- say, um, Barstool on part of my take, they had a guy on saying that Charlotte was going to clap FAU and that that Willie Taggart wasn't going to have him ready and all this stuff. Hey, and I ain't no Taggart fan, but I am an FAU Owl fan. So I, I don't know who that dude was, but you got showed up, baby. Go Owls. Go Owls. But yeah, uh, absolutely wiped the floor with them. They didn't stand a chance. I, called, I said we were going to win by more than seven. I was like, we beat them last year by I think like 14 or 21. And – 
honestly, I thought the program was going to get better. You know, Taggart's programs tend to get better over the years um, just because he brings in even more transfers and recruits. And FAU got at USF got better over the years. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let me, let me be more specific programs that are non power five. Yes. Yes. They get better. And FAU had a ton of transfers from power five schools that came down. Um, This is Nikosi's second year in the program. He had already set career highs in all his stats in his first year. And he, that was him just learning the program. Um, So I thought for sure we were going to make a huge step and we did. So um, huge shout out to Taggart, what he's doing with the boys. He's got the owls buzzing and um, tailgates were fun. So we're living life down here in Boca. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, moving on, we got UNC FAMU. And look, 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 I said it in the last pod, and I'm going to say it again. Mac Brown is not that guy. The UNC sucks. They're overrated. I don't think they're going to do anything. For the last, I feel like, four years, it's been like USC's going to come up. They're going to take over the ACC. They got Sam Howell. They got this and that. They got that. They don't do shit ever. They, dude, they started their season last year, as I said it last pod, in the top 10, and they finished six and six. Okay. Yeah. They're not, they're not good. And then, yes, they won 56 to 24 over FAMU. FAMU had 21 players not playing in that game because of, of issues going on with the school where they kind of screwed over the kids. And they brought seven total offensive linemen to UNC. Seven total. So that means yeah. there was only two not playing. Two. And they I'm only surprised. beat them by 24. They should have blown them out. Should have yeah. blown them yeah. out. I'm surprised that one FAMU played in two that – 20 like UNC let up 24 points and like the game was close at half if you watch the first half you're like oh shit like I think it was like a 10 point game at halftime I feel like it might have been maybe it might have been less than that though where yeah. I was like I put it on I was like dang FAMU's kind of keeping it close and I knew that they I'm like they didn't travel with like a like half their fucking team yeah so yeah, yeah fuck UNC they're gonna suck this year yeah. we'll- fuck UNC Mac Brown get out of there we need <laughs> I will okay I I will say I am thankful for UNC because last year as abysmal as FSU season one we had that huge win yeah, against was, them. Because they were good, and, so it was a huge yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, we were like – we were so hyped. We were like, oh, my God, we're going back to the national title. We're going, <laughs> we're going to do this. And then, and then when you watch the replay of the game, it was literally Sam Howell running the same RPO play like 87 times mm-hmm. in a row. And then, like, you had – you literally had our linemen, like, jumping the play. Like, they knew what was coming. I was like, that's how bad Mac Brown's offensive Jermaine play called. Johnson was his daddy that game. He's a dog, bro. He's yeah, always been a dog. Daddy. But uh, wrapping it up, we got Nevada beat New Mexico State 23-12. to 12. I believe Nevada had four turnovers in that game. Shout out our boy Bentley Sanders. He had a pick. Should have had two. Flag was called. Got it taken back. It's all good in the hood. Special shout out, Zach Watts, for calling the, the interception by Bentley. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Think Zach completely hail married it, and it got lucky. Who knows? We'll never know. But it did hit. It doesn't matter about luck when it works. Yeah, the uh, college football gods spoke to me that day, and they were like, your boy Bentley, he's going to do something. <laughs> but um, I thought I actually thought his second interception was more impressive, but it got yeah. called back due to a flag. Um, he made a great play coming literally across the field. It, it kind of reminded me of that Kyle Hamilton pick he, he had against, game, yeah. Yeah, against Florida State where he just like came out of nowhere and made a big-time play. I will say the their turnover trident, I'm not a huge fan of it, but, you it know. It doesn't make sense. They're the, they're the wolf pack. Yeah, I like it. Is it ASU like in their conference? Like, am I tripping? No, no, but then they're, they're, no, no, no. they're in their coast. Like, they're like, they're like, yeah, why, why, why are you like stealing the Sun Devils thing? Like, the Sun Devils, like, I, like, I would have understand if the Sun Devils were the trident. Like, that would make sense because they're the Devils. But I mean, 
I, I just kind of threw me off. Yeah. But then again, like, like what are they going to do for like a wolf pack? Are they going to just make like a mink suit out of a wolf? Like, I, I mean, that that That'd would be, be sick. Hard. You know what else would be sick is like what the Vikings had would be like the wolf head and it like comes. Yes. I was that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You give him like a mink. Oh, dude, that would we, need be to, we need to talk. We need to get Bentley on here. We need to talk to some Nevada people. That's a good idea. That'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, last yeah. two games um, got uh, North Texas beat UTEP thirty-one to thirteen. So another apology. Um, I told Zach to pick UTEP on this game. <laughs> he went with me, but he originally did pick North Texas. So um, that loss, yeah. I'll take it, and we'll give Zach a nine and two record last week, and I'll take the eight and three. Yeah, I'm sorry uh, to my green machine. Um, I had literally done so many NCAA dynasties. I should have known better. Um, even when I simulate, we still whoop UTEP's ass. Um, I don't even know what UTEP's acronym stands for. I think it's University of Texas at El Paso. I don't know why that just came to my mind. But, um, yeah, if your school is a four-letter acronym, I can't respect you as a football school. Uh, you got you to shorten that up. I'm sorry. Um, it's the same reason why Texas A&M. We don't do four. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's the same thing why Texas A&M isn't good. It's the same reason why UTSA like isn't that good. Like, like there's a reason for this. Like it, it's it's a commonality. But um, yeah, the last game, I'll take the blame on this one. I thought Hawaii was going to pull off the upset because you know I thought Vandy just wasn't. I think everybody that follows college football did. By the way, if you were to watch the game and you were to see. Vandy's quarterback in action. If you would have taken away the scoreboard, you would have thought there's no way in hell that team put up 63 points. Like, I'm sorry, that that same quarterback threw the ball away on a fourth down. Like, I I just don't know. Are you watching videos right now? Please tell me you're seeing like clips no, of this no, man I just I didn't football. know. I'm reading it. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't watch the game. It was on like the left. Oh my god! Like watching it, I was like, "Dude, like, how is Hawaii not in this game? Like, how? Like, Vandy is literally like giving wow. you a chance, but, but you see, you kind of see like even the worst of the worst in the SEC can still compete just because they're used to playing like the top dogs all the time. They dominated the turnover battle, like just forced an unnecessary amount of turnovers. Hawaii was literally it was like playing your six year old cousin uh, in Madden. Like it, it was sad. It was, it was really like when sad Cardell Jones played that kid in the hospital. Oh yeah, I, I love – okay, by the way, I love that story because they were like, yeah, didn't you beat him uh, 92 to, like, 8? And he was like, no, no, no. What had happened was is I was actually up 92 to 8 with, like, four minutes left, and I put up three more touchdowns. So, <laughs> absolutely shit on that child, um, but he'll yeah. probably never forget that either. But that ends our Week Zero recap. Um, a lot of things good. I think me and Grayson finished with an 8-3 and three record mm-hmm. uh, overall. One of the things we didn't do, which we are going to make sure to do better uh, this recap, is we're going to start adding the over-under lines. We're going to start looking more closely at some of um, the betting favorites with point favorites, stuff like that. So not only do we have straight-up money line wins and losses, but we also have who we think is going to win spread-wise and who we think is going to win based off over-unders. So looking forward to that. Now let's get into the fun. Let's get into the fun now. Oh, yeah. So hmm. tomorrow, Thursday, or technically it'll be today when this comes out, Thursday, September 1st, my birthday. Um, my Venmo and Cash App are both at Fishy Graw, if you guys want to want to bless. Um, it, there's actually for Thursday night, there's some good-ass games on here, bro. We start off with Central Michigan at Oklahoma State, number 12 Oklahoma State. They're a minus 21-and-a-half favorite, 7 p.m. game. Um, I don't really know too much about either one of these teams, 
But the thing that I want to just bring up is one, I think Oklahoma State's quarterback absolutely blows cock. He's terrible. He was terrible. He's the reason they didn't win the Big 12 championship last year. He's awful. Um, but their defense was solid. I don't know too much about them. But the only thing I can remember, and I don't know if you guys remember this, was in like 2012 when Central Michigan beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State with the crazy pitch back. And the guy was on the one-yard line running across and yeah. he dived in and they beat them. So that was all I could think about. Um, there just really wasn't any other like huge games to talk about. But I think it'll be fun. C- Central Michigan, they're usually a pretty solid Mac program that comes out to play good ball. I could, I could see it being decently competitive, but I think Oklahoma State's going to take it away. Yeah. Um, so based off the homework that I did, Oklahoma State always comes out the gate really slow. Um, if you remember last year, they played Missouri State in the opening game and barely won 23-16. to 16. Yeah. Um, if you remember the year before that, they played Tulsa the opening week and had to make a comeback to beat them. And then if you want to go back even further, back to 2016, they were upset by Central Michigan in That's week two. Yeah. That's what yeah, and that was in 2016. So that wasn't even like that long ago. But they they have a historical streak of not only starting slow, but getting upset. So this 21 and a half point line, um, I do not feel comfortable at all for Oklahoma State fans. You mm-hmm. may be ranked number 12, but um, you're kind of proven time and time again that you kind of get slapped around out the gate. And this is definitely a trap game for them. I mean, you're coming in thinking like, hey, we got this big ranking. We're supposed to be one of the best teams. We'll run through them. This Central Michigan team, like they don't, they're not going to stand much of a chance, but I'm sorry. Central Michigan is a solid MAC program and they can definitely put up some points. Um, I, I think like the attacking the spread confidence for most predictors was like half. So like it literally could go either way. And the over under for the game is 58 and a half. Um, I'm not too sure about going over or under in this game, but I definitely would take Central Michigan just with the spread at 21 and a half um, point underdogs. Yeah, I agree. I would take the spread too. And then, yeah, Central Michigan isn't like some like, like they still got to come ready to play, even though they're ranked 12, you know what I mean? They're kind of thinking they're hot shit, but like Central Michigan isn't dog shit at all. Like you definitely got to come ready to play and freaking hold that 12 ranking and see how good you are, you know? Yeah. So Moving on from that, we have West Virginia um, traveling to number 17, Pitt. Uh, Pitt is seven and a half point um, favorites in this game. The over-under is 51 on this. This game will take place at 7 p.m. One of the big matchups or big factors in this game is JT Daniels, um, starting quarterback now for West Virginia. He did transfer from Georgia. So that'll be interesting to see how he plays out under a new program and new head coach. And we also have... uh, Kidon Slavis, uh, sorry if I butchered that name a little bit, but he will be the starting quarterback for Pitt. Um, the Panthers they were, both, were they were both at USC at the same time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's why it's like a big matchup is they were they were oh. quarterbacks at USC. I don't okay. really know how I feel about JT Daniels because he was at Georgia after, right? I think he sucks. Yeah, like I, I, think, I think he I sucks. Think, I think and I like Pitt's defense, honestly. So I think that Pitt's gonna win. I I would take Minus seven and a half. I think they're going to – and they're at home. I'll take the seven and a half and let them freaking go to work in, like, 17. I think they held that pretty good. That's a fair ranking for them. They had a good year last year. And the thing, too, with um, with uh, with this matchup is, like I said, I don't think JT is that good. Also, you need to remember what we were talking about. Zach was bringing up with the Nebraska where they were shitting on the offensive coordinator. That offensive coordinator was Pitt's offensive coordinator last year who won ACC offensive coordinator of the year. Hmm. So that's gonna that's gonna be interesting. I don't know who Pitt picked up. I'm not a huge Pitt fan, so I don't really like dive into it. But um, 
what's it called? I, that that is going to be some a new quarterback and a new system. I still think Pitt's going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an ugly game. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, little little notes to uh, write down for this game. So Pitt last year was really solid defensively. They were first in the ACC against the rush. Um, they're number two nationally and sacks and fists and tackle for loss. Um, I'm pretty sure they brought back a ton of starters. So they're still solid on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously it's impossible to replace Kenny Pickett. Um, and Jordan Addison, and, they lost Jordan Addison to you. Yeah. And Jordan Addison. Yeah. Um, two huge proponents losing on the offensive side of the ball, but defense is still stacked. They're still there. Also, Pitt's head coach, Pat Narduzzi, is 20-7 and seven when he has at least one rusher rush over 100 yards in a game. And he has hit that mark 30 times. So um, I don't think Western Virginia's defensive front seven is going to be able to hold Pitt's run game. I think Pitt's going to be able to control the game on the ground and then kind of take the pressure off of um, Kadon Slavis. But I think Slavis is going to open things up in the play-action game. You know, those kind of like third mediums, third and longs, he's really going to be able – to open up the passing in that regard. Um, some notes about Western Virginia. Um, they're new. They have a brand new defense and they are going to struggle really bad against the run. And this is not the team to struggle against the run. Um, so if anything, I'd say expect Pitt to control the tempo early on um, really slow down game. I think the over over under is 51. I still think it's going to go over. Yeah, it's gonna um, and, the, and the only reason I say this is because Western Virginia has averaged 35 points per game in season opener since 2012. And I I don't know if they'll put up 35, but even if they put up like 28, 30 range, that even if even if I think Pitt's going to beat them, that still should be enough to go over um, the over – or, yeah, the over line, which is at 51. Um, the line's at 7.5 right now. I'm not too confident in that. Don't know what I'd pick. I'd definitely go with the money line choice. Um for Pitt, though, and definitely hit the over if you guys are looking at that. But rolling into our next game, this is a must-watch game. One, one real quick thing to add on to that before yeah. you move on is uh, you said that they haven't hit they had 35 points since 2012 with their opening games. This is the first yeah, time have. these two teams have played in the last 12 years. It's renewing a Ooh. rivalry. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so next game we have one of our must uh, must-watch games of the week. Um, and that would be Penn State traveling to the Purdue Boilermakers. That'll be um, on Fox at 8 p.m. This is the game Over of the day, by the way. If we had to pick a game of the day for Thursday, yeah. this is the game to watch. Big time yes. football. Yeah. Um, Over underline set at 53 and a half. Um, I'll let you guys start things off because I kind of got a lot I want to say um, at the end of it. So what do you guys think about this game? Who are we looking at? Caleb, you want to start us Over. off? Sure. I think I think I would take Penn State minus three and a half. I think that they might, even though it's at Purdue, so this is like a little bit of a trap game. It's tough to it's tough to play away in the Big Ten. It's gonna be tough. It's a night game. Purdue is gonna be rocking, but I think Penn State is gonna like I think they're gonna have a better year this year. They've kind of been down, and I think that Franklin's gonna like keep I think they're they're kind of slowly churning. Like they had some good wins last year, even though they weren't great, but I think that they're gonna start becoming more like more how they were elite. I think they're gonna keep they're, they're going to be better this year. And I think they're going to beat Purdue pretty probably by like around seven points. I hope I would say. So I think Penn state gets it done. This is, I think the hardest game for me to pick out of every single game throughout this whole weekend, because you have no idea what kind of Penn state comes out. You, exactly. never, you just don't. 
um, in pet and out when I was doing my homework for this game, it's obviously set up to be such a big trap game. And you know, Purdue is the king of trap games. Them in fucking Iowa, dude. And Purdue is four and one in their last five. Yeah, awesome. they're not bad. They're not bad. But the the way I look at it, these two teams are like identical to me. They both have senior led quarterbacks. Okay, and they both lost a lot of depth to the draft. Okay, you you lost both both teams lost a lot of guys to the draft. It's, I mean, number one receiver on both teams, Jahan Dotson and and David Bell are gone for both receivers, both teams. It's just such a, it's just like so hard to pick, dude. It's it's it, Purdue is going to be rocking that night. It's, it's yeah. going to be sold out. It's going to be popping. I just have no idea what to expect. I also don't know the running back for Penn State. I don't know who who I don't know anything about him. Boy, That's why I'm picking Penn State is because who do you, who's going to reload Penn State or Purdue, bro? Who's going to reload? I know, but it's at Purdue. That's the problem. Know, That's Franklin, Franklin's got them, bro. I think all they're right, all right. Here, here's why I'll be the deciding factor in this. I didn't pick Penn anybody, State. by the way. Not yet. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll help you decide, though, because um, Penn State leads the all-time series between these two teams, 15-3-1 um, straight up. Um, they haven't met since 2019, and the last time they met, Penn State blew them out 35-7. At Penn State, um, though, I'm assuming. I believe so, yeah, because they didn't play last time. Um, also, Penn State's won the last nine head-to-head matchups. So they, they've been kind of working Purdue um, as of recently. Um, Penn State also returns more experience on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that is so much more important earlier in the year. Um, offenses take time to get going, and if you're already locked in defensively and you're returning more firepower, um, you're going to be putting a lot more pressure um, obviously, Purdue kind of has some help having it being at home. They got they can build momentum a little more, e- a little easier, um, especially with the fans cheering them on. But um, I still think Penn State's going to pull this out, and I do think Penn State's going to cover the spread. Yep, I, well, it's only, it's only I three think, and a half, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. But I, yeah, I think they're going to win by a little more than a field goal. I actually have it. The prediction I wrote down was Penn State thirty-one, Purdue twenty-seven. Um, usually, you think with Big Ten matchups. You have low-scoring games, but I'm telling you, anytime there's a Thursday night Big Ten game, the bullsh- the debauchery takes place. You have, <laughs> Thursday night you Big have, Ten football is electric. Yeah, th- this is when you have the craziest plays happen. This is this is usually what kicks off your Sports Center top tens of the week, where you see big over-the-top plays, some massive breakaway runs. Like this is the time where it's going to happen. Um, but I just think Penn State, um, on Franklin's still the head coach, right? Yeah, he's yeah. still there. Yeah, I, I just think he's going to have his boys prepared and ready to go. Um, and that's no disrespect to Purdue. Um, I love what they got going on over there. But I think they lost um, a lot of solid players in the draft. I just think Penn State just has a little bit better job of, like, kind of um, rotating the turnstiles and getting more players to fill positions. So I definitely got Purdue – or um, Penn State, I mean, taking that one. I am really torn. You guys made some great points. <laughs> but dude, Purdue is the fucking king of upsets. I'm gonna rock Penn State. I'm gonna put it in. I'm putting my pick in for Penn State. But I think regardless of who wins, I think it's gonna be a great fucking game of back and forth. I don't think either one of these teams are gonna take a huge lead on the other. I think it's gonna go down to the last whistle. I really yeah. but I'm gonna have to go Penn State. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them by seven. Yeah. yeah. Pick like it up. So Rolling into our Friday games, um, I just love how we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday game this week. Oh, we have 
We're back. We're getting we're back. blessed. Yeah, we're back, baby. Um, one of the games I did my most homework on just because of how impressed I was with them over Wyoming. We have Illinois going to Indiana. Um, and Indiana's three-point favorites. This game will be played on FS1 at 8 p.m. Over-under set at 44 and a half points. Um, let me say this about the fighting I and I. So last season, they only scored more than 20 points, I think, in three of their last 10 games. But they hired a completely new offensive coordinator and Barry Looney Jr. Um, I think he showed he has the potential for some great play call teams. They didn't do a lot in the air. They were mostly a ground and pound team. And I think the reason why I think this is a problem for Indiana is Indiana lost Michael McFadden last year to the draft, along with two other players. And I thought he was massive for that Indiana Hoosier program um, on the defensive side of the ball. He's been doing some great things in preseason, which only kind of they lost Penix to their starting quarterback. He went to Washington. yes, exactly. This is spelling disaster for Indiana. And I don't. I, the only reason I think they even put Indiana as favorites in this game is because I don't think enough people respect what. Um, Illinois building. I'm not saying they're going to be a top program. I'm not saying they're making those jumps or anything like that, but um, they dominated. I mean, 26 first downs, 477 total yards versus Wyoming. Uh, last season, they allowed 215 passing yards per game. Um, but this season, their secondary is actually one of their strengths. It's one of the better things that they've improved on in the off season. And over on the Hoosier side of things, uh, Indiana went two and 10 last season as they got dominated by other big 10 opponents. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily they did kind of revamp some of their skill positions through the transfer portal. Um, Cause they kind of lost a decent amount of guys to the draft. Um, they brought in and they brought in Chad will as a defensive coordinator um, as well. But uh, I don't know. They tried beefing up their interior with some linemen on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't think it'll be enough. And then obviously, like you said, Penix jr. Um, they had, they have now the former Missouri quarterback, uh, Connor Basilak, but he's not, yeah, he's not what Penix, Penix was. Penix was like kind of gross for Indiana. Like, I know the record. Hel- when he was healthy, he was, oh he was a problem. He was like one of my favorite QBs yeah. in the big game, bro. I was like, and he's in Tampa, so A13 vibes. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, the running back room for Indiana, no one. Don't know a single back there, no transfers, no I nothing. Don't and on their roster actually anymore. Either. I think yeah, one, thing that'll, one thing that'll help Illinois too is they already played one game. You know what I mean? They're yeah. kind of like in a role the that like, are out. Those the, yeah, they're, the, they're, the yeah, yeah, out exactly. away, yeah. And this is also a good yeah. I'm I think I'm gonna take Illinois in the points. I think they could I think they'll win outright, honestly. Indiana, I just they were two and ten last year, like you said, and then they're bringing in so many guys. You know how hard it is to like get everyone on the same page when like damn near all new receivers, all new quarterbacks. There's no culture. Back. There's nothing. They exactly. they haven't had something like it wasn't like oh this is what we did before. It's like they're making their own culture right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So I think that yeah. Illinois Illinois will win the game outright. And if they this will just be a good test for them to see like if Illinois is actually like building like we're thinking. You know what I mean? Because Indiana is sorry, but like. Big Ten matchup is still hard. To, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, going so away, they're, they're not playing Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a good, you're yeah. away, 8 p.m., like, night game. Let's see. No, I'll take it. I'll yeah. rock with Illinois, too. I like that. I don't yeah. I don't know too much about it, but I do know that Indiana lost a lot, and I think that Illinois coming off that win, I mean, I can tell you as someone, as a wrestler, you I wrestled better after – if I, I wrestled better having a shitty first match than having a bye because I just got it out of the way. You know, you got, you got the comfortability, you got everything. So, I'm, I'll rock with Illinois, too. I'll take Illinois. Next is the game Zach Watts mm. is dying to talk about. By no, the way. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I kind 
once we talked about it, I kind of like rescinded my initial thoughts, but I'll let y'all uh, discuss this first because <laughs> all right. So Friday, <laughs> Friday we only got two real big games. We got Illinois, Indiana, as Zach said, eight PM on FS1. And then the other game is not even like a big game. It's just better than the other games is uh, TCU at Colorado, TCU a minus 14. This can be 10 p.m. on ESPN over under 55 and a half. So Zach was coming in. So Zach had a, had a, had a, an error in his information and he yeah. was doing his homework and he was like, oh, my gosh, Colorado hired Sonny Dykes to be the offensive coordinator. They're going to be amazing. And for you, those of you who don't know, Sonny Dykes was the SMU coach. He had a very phenomenal football program over there. He did a very good job. Was getting sought out for all over the country. But what Zach didn't understand was Sonny Dykes didn't get hired as the Colorado offense coordinator. He got hired as the TCU head coach. Mm. So, yeah. um, I don't oh. know. I don't know shit about either one of these teams. They're both kind of garbage. Uh, Colorado's coaches, like everyone, including I'm, I'm assuming yourself, knows he's on the hot seat. He hasn't done anything since they went to the Pac-12 championship, what, five, six years ago? Um, as well as TCU, they're garbage too, and their only offensive playmaker was Zach Evans, and he's gone. He went to Ole Miss. So I, I'm going to – I don't know. Like I said, I don't know much about this game at all, and I don't really care about it, but I think TCU is going to get it done. I think Colorado sucks. And I think Sonny Dykes going to TCU, he got to keep his Texas ties. It's going to help him out a little bit. I don't know about the minus 14. I don't know about any of that. I'm just saying I think TCU is yeah. going to win. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. After that miscue with the Sunny Dykes thing, I kind of <laughs> rescinded. But, dude, I don't know, man. Looking at it, it just – it has me feeling some no, type no, no. of way. If just Sunny because... Dykes was the OC at Colorado, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree with you. I yeah. Com- but he's not. Uh, yeah. Here's another thing. Here's one of the big things that I was looking at that just has me, like, thinking. Um. Colorado kind of like needs to prove they have a pass rush um, this year. Otherwise, I think that'll be, again, one of their biggest downfalls for their season and why they don't succeed. We already talked about I had their head coach on the hot seat at the beginning of the year. I like, I won't even bother remembering his name because he's going to be gone, to be honest. Just hasn't been doing much. Um, the Buffaloes, uh, Colorado, has struggled to get 20 points in a game. It's only scored more than 20 points four times uh, in the last season. And they've had the second worst offensive college football yardage wise. But for all of Colorado's problems, it was three and zero at home after their loss to USC last year. And only, and then all their losses came on the road. TCU, however, was and four on the road in that same stretch. So they're playing terrible on the road. They got a new head coach. Haven't really gotten much of transfers that I'm aware about. And not only are you bad on the road, you're going to Colorado. Do you know how hard it is as a Texas boy to go from the heat of Colorado to play in the Mile High City? The altitude. So they made, Zach, I might yeah. have to debunk you real quick. I'm sorry. I might have to debunk go you. Go for it. I like your, I like your statement of they were 3-0 and at home after they lost to USC, but their wins were over Arizona, who I don't think they got one win, and Oregon State also sucked and Washington who also sucked. So yeah, they did go three and zero at home after I do agree, but I do think TCU is better than all three of those teams. Yes. I think okay. so too, but I'm going to bag Zach with like the altitude, like bro, them boys don't know about that, bro. We're going to, we're going to have, I would take the plus 14. I could see TCU winning outright, but the four, I would take Colorado plus 14 all day, but the altitude, bro, I don't know those Colorado. That's why they're good at home, bro. 
That's why I had it written down. I had it written down. Colorado 30, TCU 27. I respect that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) So y'all, so y'all are going to take, y'all are taking Rado. Absolutely not. I'm still going Colorado with the plus 14. I'm not taking them outright. I'm not, I'm not that. I'll take, take, I'll take Colorado plus 14. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm not that bold to say Colorado is going to do that, especially when I did say their head coach is losing his job. So that would kind of be like the worst um, predicament in my life. Um, But yeah, that rounds out our Friday schedule. And Saturday is when things. This is when you want to sit down on your couch and not move until you go to bed. Turn your phone off, put it to the side, grab the remote. And if you're in Florida, if you're in, if you're in Florida, go down, get you some Publix chicken wings. Go go get you go get you whatever beverages you prefer on your Saturdays. Get some get some nice beers. Get some get some beers yes. in your belly. Some chicken wings. Yes. Let, let the family know nothing's wrong. I'm healthy. I'm just not going to be on my phone for the next twelve hours. There's a yes. lot of cultural ball that's about to go down that we've been waiting a long time for. Yeah, and we're starting things off with. UNC taking a trip down to App State. Shout out our boy Nick over there and App enjoying life. Um, UNC is only so this is weird doing my research on this. UNC, they say they're one and a half point favorites, yet they're the underdog. Oh, mind you, this game is at noon at noon on ESPNU over under 56. Yes. And it's a it's it's not an actual rivalry, but they're both North Carolina teams. So it's kind of like that, like, you know, like, you know, it's like, it's like a UCF FAU kind of vibe. And still, you got to prove you're the top dog of the state. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And let me say this. If you were going to put your money on this game, put the money on the over. And the reason I say this is um, App State's defense was top 30 in the country last year. Not the same. Not the same. We've already talked our shit about UNC, but um, App State lost a ass. Oh, no, this is UNC. I'm sorry. UNC's defense was top 30 last year, I believe. And they lost a ton of talent um, or what talent they had left, I guess. Um, and they're already they'll probably struggle to, like, get it going earlier in the year. Like a lot of teams just don't really gel um, early in the season. They're only returning five starters overall. So with that being said, um, they're Rushing defense was bread and butter, and with several new faces, um, I just don't see it happening. Um, oh no, this actually was no. That's about App State. Yeah, App State had a phenomenal yeah. defense last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was right to begin with. I don't know why. That's what said was about App State, not UNC. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm just too in the head mental space of shitting on UNC, and I think they're, <laughs> I think they're going to lose. Let me let me get that out there right now. I think they're losing to this App State team, um, and I think May is overrated. Y'all beat a depleted FAMU roster. And y'all decided to post graphics about how he was the next same how because he threw for five TDs. Dude, he threw for five TDs and didn't even break 300 yards. What, does that, say, what does that say? About, what does they, that say about you? He ran it down to the, to the goal line and then he just dumped the, it. Yeah, yeah, and then he was like, oh, let me do a little play action, like dump it out. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, bro, <laughs> shut up. Like, no. And they're like, oh, he was 19 for 24. Dude, you put me a quarterback. I could hit my fucking running back if I was going yeah. halfback swing routes the whole game. Like, like when, come like on. when uh, Jalen Hurts and they won the Natty at Alabama, and I think it was like 19 of his 20 passes were within five yards. Yeah, like, what What are we talking about? What Like, th- this is the problem with, like, like, um, like, just bad stats. Because you go back to how I said Colorado was 3-0. and If you just did, like, a little more homework and looked and saw the three teams they beat, you would have been like, oh, that is 
not impressive at all. But <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll do anything to hype up uh, UNC, but uh, not it's like, it's not like happening. College, it's like it's like the college football environment wants USC to be good so bad. It's like they yeah. want it. Like oh. it's like for some reason they want it. And I just I, I also and I I told Zach this when I put this on the paper. I said I know this game doesn't look too appealing. First of all, I think it's gonna be a very competitive game. I don't think either one of these teams are gonna blow each other out. I think it's gonna be a good game, fun to watch. And a little bit of homework for those of you who don't know, Caleb knows very well. App State, very good team in big games, all right? They upset number two in the country at the time, Michigan, when they were an FCS program. They have numerous FCS national titles. And I want to say they've won, like, at least three Sunbelt conferences since they've been in the, in the, in the FBS. Oh, they're, they're fucking they're, nice. They're, dude, App State's not a bad team. And no, I don't no. know if you know this either. Their home games are bumping. They, they sell oh, yeah. out. Like, they have a good crowd. And especially for this game, you already know a lot of these kids definitely went to high school and stuff together because they're all UNC. Excuse me, they're all North Carolina kids. I just don't see the if the the UNC team that did what they did against FAMU. There's no way they're going to App State and beating them. There's just no chance. Yeah. I understand the defense got hurt, but you still got you still got leadership from Chase Bryce, a quarterback who did a who had a phenomenal season last year. Okay, I don't see App State losing this game. I think it's going to be an upset, but I think App State's going to take it. I really do. I don't see yeah. any. I don't see. When I look at it and I had to pick out, like, all right, what are the possible ways for UNC to win? I have more ways in my mind for App State to win than I do UNC. I'm going to bet on UNC's quarterback fucking up before App State's. I think App State's do. I think their offense is going to control the game. The O-line's decent. Running backs are athletic. They got some athletes on that team. Those boys are good. I'm going to take App State, too. They're plus one and a half at home. Shit. Top dog. They're going to be top dog. Yes, sir. The Mountaineers. Yeah, building off what Caleb said a little bit about how their line's solid, they returned four of their five offensive linemen from last year. So their line is only going to get better, and they're returning their top two rushers from last year. So even though they lost – And their quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I will say they did take a hit in the receiving department. They lost all three of their top receivers. But with um, Chase Bryce's kind of like expert or um, veteran leadership back there, um, you don't have to really rely too much there because your line got better – and your running backs are still there. If things aren't working out through the air, just hand it off. You were the number 22 ranked offense last year. I'm sure you can find a way to at least be top 35. Because I promise you, UNC ain't top 35 in any aspect, except for um, maybe sucking. So um, I'm, I'm seeing some fat L's coming UNC's way. Uh, Chapel Hill, um, go write yourself. Bro, this just uh, became a UNC weekend. burner account. <laughs> Clock's on the yeah. side. <laughs> Hey, no, but let's name our top three hated schools. We're going USC number one. We're going Texas two. And then we're going UNC three. Those are my top three most hated programs in order. Yeah, I do. I do hate UNC. I don't like them. But yeah, anyways, we're all rocking with UNC. The next game, I really have a lot to say about this one. Um, This is a game I've been looking at for a long time. We got number 11, Oregon versus number three, uh, Georgia. 330 oh. on ABC. Georgia coming in at a minus 17. It's in Georgia. It's not at UGA though. It's a it's a Chick-fil-A kickoff game. So listen, listen there's a lot of things. What were you gonna say? Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. It, yeah, it's not at Georgia, but it's in Atlanta. It's basically in. It's basically at. what 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 is that? What is three that? Hours. It's three hours. It's gonna be primarily Georgia. All right. I get that, but it's still a neutral site game. It, that does make somewhat of a difference. Listen, I, I, before we start this off, okay, before we start this off, before I go into my rant I'm about to go into, I do not think Oregon is going to win. I don't think so. I do Thank not you. think they're going to win this game. I agree. But I don't think Georgia's beaten them by 17. 
Okay, I can I, I can agree with you. So here's my here's what I gotta say. First of all, I I I believe Georgia lost nine of their eleven defensive starters. Sheesh. Now listen, now listen, now listen. It doesn't matter because the, all their backups are just as good. And like Zach said, they have five guys projected to go in the first round already. So like it doesn't it doesn't even matter. The way I look at this game, there's two. There's in my opinion, in my opinion, the biggest factor is the trenches. I think the DBs and receivers and running backs for both teams are equivalent. You're at Oregon. There's speed everywhere. Okay, I don't see that being a factor. This is how I look at this game. First of all, your head coach for for Oregon, Dan Lanning, okay, was the defensive coordinator for Georgia for three years. The past three years. They were gross, okay? So he understands what he might – yeah, they're going to tweak it a little bit because they know like he knows, but he's going to understand the culture and the vibe. He's going to know how they're prepping for this game. He's going to know what what they're going to be yelling at their – like what the coach is going to be saying. Like he was there. He understands. So he's going to be able to tell his guys like, and I know as, as, a, as an example, when, when you have a coach from another program and you're getting ready to play that program, you get a little more – you get more comfortable because you, you know that they know a lot, you know. So I think he's going to have them prepared. But I do think the trenches that, – that, there's a big difference of SEC O-line, D-line and big and Pac-12 O-line, D-line. It's a big yeah, yeah. difference. So the, I see this game going two ways. I see – Georgia slowing it the hell down, making it very boring and just grinding it out with the run game and just, and just destroying them. Or I see Oregon saying, screw defenses, run the scoreboard up and just get that, get the points flying. I cannot see, first of all, Bo Nix is the quarterback at Oregon. I don't think he's that good. No, not at all. But the man somehow pulls miracle wins out of his ass. He did it at Auburn. He somehow wins games. He's just not supposed to win. And I, I don't know. I, I just, wouldn't it be it would be very Bo Nix of him to have a great game, and then to they, follow that. Wait, one more thing, Caleb. One more thing. Okay. Follow that. Um, what's it called? Oh, fuck, you lost me my train. Oh yeah, they run. They're gonna run up. They're gonna run up the points. You got Bo Nix. You got all these things. I cannot see Stetson Bennett throwing three touchdowns in the game. I can't. I, I can't. So that's why I think it. Oregon smart. They're gonna they're gonna rotate the fuck out of their defense. If I'm if I'm if I'm Dan Landing, I'm the head coach. My my D line and linebackers are getting rotated like nonstop. I want fresh guys in as much as possible, and my offense is just score, 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 score. That that's the only way you're gonna be. Stetson Bennett cannot put up 28 points by himself. He can't. He, he can't. sucks. Yeah, he sucks. There's no and and if you run it up and you make it a high scoring game, they can't just run it all over you. They have to yeah. throw it. Now and like I said, regardless of either way. I still think Georgia wins. They're just a way better team, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Oregon plus 17. I don't I don't see Georgia beating them by three yeah. scores. That's basically what I was gonna say is if you're Oregon, like put make Stetson Bennett beat you. You know what I mean? That's the way you're gonna win because he's my least favorite player in college football. I'm like, like my least favorite. I fucking hate that dude. He's got but a ring though, bro. He's got a ring. Him. He's the worst quarterback to win a natty in the past 20 years. But anyway, besides that. Yeah, I think that if Oregon wants to win, they got to score and put like make Stetson Bennett make make the big throws, make him make him beat you instead of if he if they slow it down and them big dogs in the trenches, they're just gonna run all over you. I don't know who their running back is, but you know they got somebody. Does it matter though? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know they got somebody that's just a fucking dog. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm with you, Grayson. I would take I'll take Oregon with the points, and then I'll take I think Georgia is gonna win outright, but make Stetson Bennett beat you, and then. Let freaking Bo Nix rock. He's yeah. You pull shit out of his ass. Make him throw fucking four tutties or whatever. And run yeah. for one or two. Yeah. I'm just saying this is very reminiscent of what had happened last year. You had Oregon go on down to Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State up, was favored. 
Or yeah, sorry. I go just up, love saying or, go down. Yeah, go <laughs> right because you always say we're going on down. To, yeah, but, but <laughs> you had you had the Ducks travel to um, Columbus to take on Ohio State. Ohio State was favored to blow them out week one. And what ended up happening? I Oregon week two. Off. I think it was week two. I think they were both one. Was it week two? Yeah, I think it was week two. Yeah. So they took on number three, Ohio State. Expected to be a blowout for the Buckeyes. Oregon won 35-28. And a batshit crazy game, may I Great add. Game. Great so, game. So you already have that factor of Oregon kind of pulling off some bullshit um, coming into it. If there's any coach, like you said, Grayson, to pull this off, why would it not be the coach that had been there for three years that knows how to stop Stetson Bennett? Because I guarantee you we saw at practice every day. He'd be like, well, well Stetson really isn't that guy, but um, we got to hide him <laughs> behind our five-star well, My team. defense is so goddamn good, it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, Caleb, do exactly what you said. Just force Stetson to beat you. If he beats you, so what? Like, good God, the man is not throwing three touchdowns in a game. Um, another thing, Bo Nix has, has, like, some familiarity with this Georgia team. Has he beaten them? Not really, but – he does know what they're going to kind of throw at him. And he's literally – his head coach now can literally tell him what George is going to throw at him. He's going to be like, hey, if you see this formation or this formation or this formation, like this is what's going to come. This is what you need to do. He's going to have the perfect game plan for how to bullshit their way around Georgia. Now, with all this said, do I think Georgia is going to lose? No. They're still going to win. But 17 and a half or um, – 17, just 17. 17. Yeah. Just 17? No. Here's another thing. Georgia beat every one of their opponents last year by 17 points, which is why I think the line is what it is, except one game last year. They didn't cover that spread. You know what game that was? Bama. Week one. Uh-huh. Week one against Clemson. Yeah, because I'm talking about the regular season, not the playoffs. But okay. it was week yeah. one. They couldn't cover it. And that was it was a 10 to 3 victory. So I'm totally with Grace on the aspect that it's going to be, I think it's going to be very low scoring. I don't think Oregon can just decide to roll out there and run a hurry up South offense and try to beat them. And the reason why I say that is, is you already don't want to disadvantage your defense when you're rolling out there against an sec school. You kind of need your guys. If you're already, if you kind of want to run that rotation with um, rotating guys a lot, do not do a hurry up because you will burn out your guys by the second half. And I promise you, George's depth players will outwork your ass come that second half. If you're Oregon, try to let, let Georgia dictate the pace. If they want to keep the game on the ground, that's fine. Guess what? You can get the ball in the air. You can let Bo Nix sling it from time to time, and I promise you, you can get away with it. You try to let – Georgia tries to do the same thing with Stetson Bennett. I promise you that's not going to work out for them. They're going to end up throwing themselves into a turnover battle, and if they lose that turnover battle, then you could see Oregon pulling out a win. Not saying they will. Honestly, honestly, it wouldn't, even be, it wouldn't even be stupid for them to pull a safety and bring, it up, bring, up, a, bring up a linebacker. Play in the box. I, but in the box, I would be, I would try it out in the beginning and see what happens. Cause there's just, Hey, George, dude, you're corn, George like, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the DBs at Oregon are filthy. I'm not saying that at all, but, but the, but Georgia lost receivers. Okay. And also if you're at Oregon, you're fucking fast, dude. They recruit speed. That's like their whole thing. So I think, I think eight in the box for the opening drive might not be the dumbest thing in the world. Put some pressure on Stetson, make him do some dumb shit. He, he will do it. Yes. You don't have to. You don't have to beg him to. He'll do something stupid. He'll just do it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be scared. Yeah. So we're all rocking with the Oregon plus seventeen or no. Georgia plus. What would, what would what would it be? Georgia? No, Oregon plus seventeen. Oregon, Oregon plus, plus seventeen. Yeah, Oregon plus seventeen. Yeah. yeah. But also the thing is too is 
this is not this doesn't really have to do much. I just, I just thought it was funny. How fucking Bo Nix would it be if he somehow beats Georgia and then next week they lose to Eastern Washington? Oh, it'd be him. It him be he throws most, three picks. It would be the picks, most two Bo picks. Nix. Yeah, he's like thirty for thirty-four with five touchdowns against Georgia, and then he's like ten for fifty against Eastern Washington. Oh my god! Um, what was the over under? On this Georgia I, Oregon game, I did not peep that personally. I wanna, I wanna. Uh, look, all I'm saying is, most likely hit the under. Yeah. If it if it's anywhere around like 56, hit the under. Georgia, Georgia's defense is not gonna allow like 40 points on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially since Oregon's head coach is more defensive coordinator based, um, I think he's gonna be as low scoring as possible. So definitely lean towards the under. Yeah. Um, also, this exactly. is our this is our uh, this is our game to watch. So, like, something we're trying to uh, incorporate now is like, if you sit down to watch TV from the twelve o'clock to three thirty to eight eight o'clock games, how to schedule it? This is our three thirty game to watch. Is Oregon versus UGA? Yeah. It's uh, it's fifty one and a half. The over under. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, never mind. But uh, yeah, last, last thing I want to say before we move on uh, to that game. Regardless of this game, I think Dan Lanning and, and Oregon makes it makes the Pac-12 a lot more fun because there's no yeah, defense out there and there's so much hype around. Oh, you got USC now and yada yada yada. I think I think it's gonna I think he's gonna I think it's gonna make it a lot more fun. I think it's gonna make putting a defense in the Pac-12. I bet Oregon beats USC. Yeah, I do too. I would take that. I mean, let's see what happens. But I mean, the last time we saw a defense in the Pac-12 was Washington, and that defense was gross. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. But yeah, yeah remember on. when we thought uh, Jacob Eason was going to be the GOAT? <laughs> moving on to our next game, we got uh, 23 Cincinnati going to number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas is a minus six favorite over under 52. This is another 330 game. Um, one of you guys want to start us off with this one? Yeah. Um, I tried to look into it a little bit. I know Arkansas is riding some hype from last year. Um, they're returning a lot of players. They're looking like a pretty solid program. Um I just think personally, Arkansas's run game is going to take over as the game goes on. I think one of Cincinnati's biggest factors for them, though, is that the war in the trenches on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defensive line, is still um, power five uh, capable. They can at least compete with these power five programs. The only problem is, is um, you kind of see, like I said before, the power five depth of some teams. You know, if you happen to sustain any injuries on that line, um, you're done. Like it, it's over um, from that piece. Another thing I'll say is um, the fact that you lost Desmond Ritter and um, a man named Sauce in one season. Um, I really don't. I really can't think you're going to be any them. better. They lost Alec Pierce. They lost Kobe Bryant. They lost. So, they lost. They lost so much. Yeah, so dude. Much. It's just oh, like not to say that their ranking isn't deserved, but um, I truly they deserve to be top twenty-five, hundred percent. They were in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, but uh, out of respect, I'll give them that ranking, but I just don't think this is a 23 versus 19 matchup. I think Arkansas is going to win by more than a touchdown. Um, One of Cincinnati's biggest things for them last year is they held up really well in the red zone, Um, kind of that bend, don't break type of style. It was third in the nation in takeaways, and um, you go from third in the nation in takeaways to playing the best team in the SEC when it comes to not turning the ball over. Arkansas just does not turn the ball over whatsoever. And for a team that was built on the turnover battle, um, it's going to be really hard for them to pull it out. I have Arkansas winning this game 27 
uh, 17. Yeah, I think that's a good score. I think that Arkansas is just going to – I think since he lost too much, I think Arkansas is still riding their hype and still haven't really peaked at, like, what they can do because I like their quarterback a lot. I think they got good playmakers, and they definitely had a step up from last year, and I think they'll take another step up, and I think they'll beat them by more than a touchdown as well with Ritter and losing Sauce. I just don't think the offense will be able to do that great. So I, I really like Luke Fickle. I'm a huge Luke Fickle fan. I'm a, I'm a big Cincinnati Bearcat fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think that he's a great coach, and I think he's done a lot for the sport, especially for the non-Power 5 teams, and he showed that if you find a way, there's, there's it'll happen. Um, My thing is, though, is one, KJ Jefferson, the quarterback at Arkansas, he's lethal, and the thing is he can throw the ball and he can run the ball. Um, I mean, dude, if you look at their success last year, they, they were having games where, like, five to eight guys were getting a rushing attempt a game. So they move the ball around a lot. Um, the next, the next thing I want to say is too, is, uh, we don't even know the starting quarterback for Cincinnati. They haven't announced it. It's a game time decision. He said Luke, yeah. Luke Fickle told the team, but he's not letting it be announced until the game starts. So that's really concerning because someone like us, like, like an analyst or like a journalist that's trying to cover it. I can't tell It kind of depends on who's starting, you know, so that's that, the, the team, like the, probably the receivers and shit are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, probably, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I think that's, I think that's, that's going to be hard for them too. And I just think that Arkansas went, I think they went nine and nine and four last year. Let me just quadruple check this. I want to say they went nine and four last year. They took second in their division on the yeah, SEC. Nine and four. Yeah, nine and four. But listen to this. They went nine and four, right? And they had, Oh, they just pulled up their basketball team. Why the hell would it do that? All right. They went nine and four last year, third in the SEC West, excuse me. But if you look at some of their losses, dude, they um, what's it called? They got mauled by Georgia, obviously. They lost by they lost to to Ole Miss by one point. Okay. And they lost to Alabama. That was with Matt Corral. And they yeah, and they lost to Alabama by a touchdown. So yeah. that's that turns in that turns a nine and four into an eleven and two. Eight yeah. points. Yeah. So I just think that they're going to be prepared. It's at Arkansas. I'm going to be cheering for Cincinnati. I would like Cincinnati to win. I would make me very happy. But um, as a better, I'm going to go. I'm going to take Arkansas minus six. Easy. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, um, did a little homework. On this, we have number 24 Houston as four point favorites traveling down to UTSA. This will be a 330 game. I don't know what channel it's on, but the over under is set at 61 and a half. Um, here's what I'll say Houston's Houston. a minus four. I don't know if you said that. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah, UTSA, I would have given them a chance if they were to still have their running back, uh, Sincere McCormick. But the problem is, is they lost their star running back. So now they don't have any weapons. And I just don't think that they can even stand a chance with this Houston D. Um, some betting um, props that I was looking into. Um, as four-pointer greater favorites last season, Houston went five and four. So they're not the best um, when the lines are like this spread out. But with how weak UTSA is coming into this game, I just don't think they're really going to do much against Houston. I mean, Houston is a ranked program for a reason. Um, they kind of have every piece back from last year. Didn't really take too much of a hit. Um, I forget how they played out in the bowl game, but um, they beat Auburn in their bowl game. Yeah. So, I mean, 
they've got obviously they have the potential to beat SEC caliber teams. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Dana Holgerson fan too. Their head coach, he was the old West Virginia coach when West Virginia was pretty good with like Clint Trickett and Will Greer. Hmm. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I just have Houston winning this game, and I have them uh, covering the spread as well. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's a little, uh, little like, a Midwest rivalry game. You know, are they both Texas teams as well? You know, so uh, UTSA was phenomenal last year. I think they went, like, 13-1 or, like, 12-2. and They were extremely talented. They, they signed their coach to a million-dollar deal for as a, as a Sun Belt team or as a CUSA team, which is crazy to even think about. Um, I think that they're going to be prepared. I think it's going to be a good game. But like you said, Zach, that – when you're a team that small, you got a guy, you're starting running back that was as good as he was. Um, it, it takes a lot out of you. And I think Houston's going to come out good. I, I don't remember the player, but there's a wide receiver on Houston that uh, college game day voted as the most electric player in the country. So I just, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. It'll be like one of those like small school, like, like, like banger games where it's like you, you turn on the channel and you're like, oh, it's actually a pretty interesting game. But I'm going to take Houston as well. I think Houston's going to hit the, the minus four. I'm also going to hit the over, I think. I think I'm going to take the over. I don't really yeah. know too much yeah. about UTSA, but I feel like this is like a the spread's really small for a ranked versus like a you know Sun Belt team. So UTSA like, was ranked like as high as 18 last year. Yeah, but when they're losing their bull, like their best running back and all their playmakers, like they don't reload like some of these bigger schools yeah. do. So I think that Houston will. I think I'll take Houston minus four, and I think that. But I agree that it could be a fun game to watch. Hopefully, the boys are putting up some points. Yeah, because Houston's not like a. The way I look at Houston yeah. is kind of like how I look at like Cincinnati and UCF. They're like a twin yeah, exactly. team. Like they're not a power five team, but they get power five guys and yeah. they, they have the opportunity some seasons to be a power five level competition. Yeah. Agreed. Moving on. We have. This one's probably, tricky. This might be yeah. the trickiest game outside of, outside of the I'm Penn State Purdue game. Clearly. I think I'm seeing this one clearly. I think that Utah's just going to walk in their fucking trap and fucking whoop their ass. That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what uh, I'm saying. I think Everyone's that, like, okay. oh, it's the swamp, bro. But they went the six swamp. and seven. They what went six and of, seven, What is a bunch of nerds now, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Third-ranked public private school or whatever public school. Fuck them, man. They're yeah, paying, let's go. They're paying 500K to get their ass whooped, bro. All Come right. On, All right. I, by some Mormons. Let's go. As a Gator hater. As a Gator hater, I have to defend him a little bit here. And here's the only reason why. This is, not, this is nothing to hype up you up. All I'm saying is, if we know anything about the Pac-12, if you know anything about the Pac-12, it's that as long as we've known and have watched the Pac-12, it's that they will eliminate themselves before they can even put themselves in contention. If there is a game where a top contending Pac-12 team is going to shoot themselves in the foot and completely tank their rankings – this is the game to do it. You're facing a under star powered UF team who has a star quarterback who can what literally just have. What makes him a star? Dude, he's the he's biggest dual threat. He can run, Grayson. Yeah, but what makes him a star? He hasn't yeah. done shit. I hate all he these. Threw- and I'm, and look, okay. listen, you know what? Oh, my God. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Matt McDonald, fuck you. You're like AR 15. AR, like AR 15. Dude comes in a game last year, gets hit one time, and he's hurt for like three more games. Like, I don't understand the hype about him. He has, he, dude, AR-15 is like the USC of football. There's like, oh, look at the potential. Look at the potential. Potential only does so fucking much. You have to do something. Uh, I'll say this. I'll uh, say this. I just think that this team, this Florida team, 
the offense is either going to be – they're going to be looking great one week and they're going to be clicking or they're just going to look like shit. Like there's no in-between, bro. Florida is so inconsistent, and I just don't think that they're ready. I think Utah's too good, too fundamental. Florida – I think, Zach, you're saying they'll shoot themselves. I think Florida's going to shoot themselves in the foot with these dumbass penalties, throwing yeah. picks, fumbles. They're they're not fundamental. I just think that they're, they're not, not ready. disciplined either. They're not disciplined. Yeah, okay, okay. Not disciplined. okay. I just think Florida, Florida's going to lose. Go, okay, wait. Go Utes, baby. They were an undisciplined team under Dan Mullen. I had no respect for Dan Mullen. However, Billy Napier, their new head coach, former Alabama Crimson Tide coordinator, wide receiver coach, I believe, brought – now, am I saying he brought over a ton of star talent from the University of Louisiana? No. Uh, He only really brought over, like, linemen, some guys from the running back group. That's really all he did. I do think he'll bring a little more discipline to the table. I think he'll have more of like a well-commanded room of that UF. I think he'll bring him back a little bit. I don't think UF will be back as a program this year, but if there was a game to let us know if they are back or not, it's against Utah. Dude, but why are you disrespecting Utah like this? Grayson. Because it's Pac-12 football. I will, I will never respect But they're good. Pac-12. But no, no, I agree the Pac-12 sucks, but Utah is actually good. Yeah, Utah is good. And they're decent on first games, bro. Jim Harbaugh's first year, they beat Michigan. And Michigan was loaded that year. They beat Michigan. I was like, hey, I respect these boys. Bro, and they're returning, they're returning their quarterback. What's his yeah. name? What's his name? Um, I don't remember. His name. They're returning their quarterback, who's who's already was voted a top top 10 quarterback entering the season. I think Cam Rising's his name. Yeah, it is. They're returning him. They're, they're a very legitimate team. And they just got decals on their helmets for the two players that died last year on their team. They, you don't think they're going to want to go out there and whoop it's ass up. for them? It's, it's up, bro. I don't understand. Like, dude, listen, this is my if I if I had a gun to my head and it was like you need to predict exactly how the game's gonna go, this is what I would say. The first quarter is gonna be very close. It's gonna be like 10-7. Utah's gonna go out and score. Florida's gonna go out and score. You Florida's gonna somehow hold Utah to a field goal. And then they're gonna blow it out of the water. I understand the swamp is rocking. It's a very dope place. I've been to multiple games at UF. It's a fun environment and it's it it's bumping. But Utah's not. Utah's for not. For the first half. Bro, yeah, no, 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 no. What, what is Florida going to bring to the table that, that Utah hasn't seen? Because the Ohio State team that Utah should have beaten last year is 50 times better than this UF squad. All right, well, let me let me put it this way. Last year, that Utah team lost to uh, BYU, lost to San Diego State, lost to Oregon State, and then lost to Ohio State. You lost to BYU. You lost <laughs> to the Mormons. You lost to the Mormons. Mormons. Now, now, they did lose that game 26-17. You couldn't even put up 20 points on some Mormons. And you think you're going to go into the swamp and be like, oh, we know how to play some SEC football. Dude, this is the – oh, dude, I can just – as much as I hate the Gators, I can just see Florida fans coming at us if we root against them this hard. Like, we will literally have Matt McDonald in our DMs being like, oh, you thought we were going to lose to a team called the Utes? The Utes. Bro, He's like, go, Florida go went Gators, six, baby. Florida went 6-7 and seven last year, losing to UCF in the bowl game, and they should have lost to Samford, who they beat 70-52, to 52, but they should have lost that game. I just know damn well Florida doesn't all of a sudden know how to play some defense. Yeah, them boys that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a – that's, um, that's not a one coaching change, one mm-hmm. offseason switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna here's my one, here's on my one guarantee. Here's my one guarantee, though. 
the over under that is set on 51 is going to be absolutely shattered because there might not be a single drive of defense played this entire game. <laughs> so the over under should be like 70. 70. Yeah. No one is playing defense here. No. No That's one. That's kind of a lot. That might be the lock of the week. That so. will be my lock of the week because I literally wrote here expect a ass ton of points. Because AR, <laughs> like, no matter what, I think AR 15 is going to be able to put up points regardless. And I think Utah um, is just like sound, like offensively sound. And I just don't think like you hired an offensive minded uh, coordinator and Billy Napier. So you really didn't help a lot on the defensive side of the ball. And you were already struggling last year on the defensive side of the ball, regardless. And I'm pretty sure you lost um, a couple of star players on your front seven, which honestly would have helped you the most in this game. Cause usually no, we're who, who, is, who is, who is Richardson getting the ball out to? Who's he throwing to? His running backs are gone. They went to the draft. Dude, it's an Dude. SEC team, though. It's an like they get players. They went we, six we may not and know seven. If if you if you if you if we put a room of college football people in a room, hundred people, and we took the name, <laughs> we took US name off of it, and we just presented their record, and we said this was an SEC team. Do you guys think this is good at six and seven? Nobody would say yes. But since it's the University of Florida, they're like, oh well, you know, they could, they they could, but hmm. it doesn't matter what they could. They didn't. They haven't. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I. I'm scared. What's your pick? I, I think, I, I'm I'm gonna give my pick right now. I'm gonna give my pick. I'm gonna take Utah minus three, and I'm gonna hit the over. Yeah, I'm just taking the over. <laughs> I'm just taking the over. Caleb, uh, I'm not saying which one. Utah minus three. Utah minus Actually, two. I want yeah. all that. Give me it all. Yeah. Give me it all. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll ride with the Utah pick just to keep the pick somewhere. But I'm definitely ham- hammering the over. Um, for sure. I just think they're sure so overhyped, bro. And I'm a Dude, Florida they, State they, fan, they, I, and they beat beating us. I'm not trying to talk shit like that. I'm just saying, as as a non biased hater, I just don't think they have anything to bring to the table. Yeah, we have we have a far more interesting game though. Following this, however, this is our must watch game of the day. Okay, this is the best game of the weekend. This is the best game of the weekend. Yeah, best game of the weekend. We have number two Ohio State traveling to the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Ohio State is 17 and number a half. Number five, Notre favorites. Dame. Give them the respect. Number two at number yeah. five. Overrated. Yeah. yeah. Your, your grandfather, your grandfather's Rudy, uh, number five, Notre Dame. Um, yeah, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me, let me, let me turn in my jersey if you don't start them. Yeah. Mr. Ian Book was the promised land. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um, this game will be played uh, on ABC at 730. Over under set at 59. Here's what I got. Ohio State, absolutely ridiculous talent across the board. Ryan, Ryan Day said it best. Best He's receiving like, room in the country. For- best receiving yeah, room in the country. Always. Easy. Yeah. They're like, we, CJ Stroud is an absolute freak of nature. Um, but they're playing for a national championship. They always have, they always will. And um, I think Notre Dame is the biggest frauds always. Uh, let me add them to the number four team that i hate the most in college football i i really don't understand how every year they're ranked so goddamn high i really don't um brand new head coach yeah i'm they're they're also just not that good but here here's right here's how i see this playing out (laughs) they're not that bad Uh, but like they're also not that good (laughs) yeah (laughs) if ohio state can just defend better than what they did last year they're they're national title contenders i already think they are but one of the biggest issues was the defensive side of the ball. They just couldn't stop a lot of teams. I don't know why. It was just a big struggle for them. But hopefully Ryan Day has gotten that shit in check 
Um, I think the Irish um, will try to run the ball a lot more, at least try to keep the game close and shorter. Because honestly, that's kind of what Notre Dame will do is um, they're literally just going to try to keep it as close as possible. So that way when they lose, they can be like, oh, but can you please keep us in the top 10 because we only lost by 20? Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, uh, <laughs> Dude, you're worried about UF fans? Notre Dame fans are going to fucking hate us. Notre Dame uh, my, in my top three for uh, fucking least favorite. Yeah, but let me get into some facts instead of me just being a hater. When discussing scoring prowess, the Buckeyes are first in the nation with scoring at 45 and a half points a game. Um, the, here, the problem is, and this is how I think it's going to go, which is going to really fucking piss me off. Ohio State will pull out the win, but because they come out slow every goddamn year and almost lose week one, they're going to be losing going into halftime. Yeah. And then they're going to end up taking the lead and winning by like 10 points. So I think the 17 and a half point like margin just is way too big, especially for week one, especially dude. And it's at Notre Dame, top, regardless of what you think. That, that, yeah, dude, regardless. Yeah. Listen, listen, I, and I'll let you finish that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, regardless yeah. of what you think about Notre Dame, if you like them, if you don't, no matter what, playing at Notre Dame is still hard. Yeah. They, they have a yeah. big ass stadium. They bring up, they have a great following. So that, that I don't understand that. I really don't. Yeah. I think, I think they'll try to copy what Oregon did last year, which was just run the ball shit ton because I think they'll, I think Ohio State and their minds will be game planning for the pass a lot because they think going into it, Ryan, they I will disagree. be like, I disagree. It's a brand new quarterback. It's his first start. I, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they're going to be ready for the run and the kid's going to have to show up and have to pass. Okay. Fair enough. I usually think Ryan Day, though, he's like, oh, you know, they're going to respect our front seven too much. So we can kind of bank on just like sitting on the pass. And then what happens is you run a lot of these counters, these misdirections, a lot of zone reads. Um, just a lot of stuff to like keep them off balance to keep the linebackers in that second level uh, guessing. And I just don't think Ohio state's going to play up that early. Um, they're not really going to load the box. So I think um, if Notre Dame does stay on the ground, because no, what Notre Dame does do very well every year is they somehow have a very solid line, like a lot of great linemen, like Quentin Nelson guys along those lines have come out of Notre Dame. So I think they'll still be stacked on that O line. And I think they'll try to copy um, kind of that Oregon play style, keep it on the ground, keep the game short, run the clock out because you get into a shootout with Ohio state. I promise you, um, Najiba Stroud, his wide receiver core of weapons. They they'll absolutely dismantle you. Um, after a while may not be right away, but try to keep the game as close as possible, force them to make those like one or two mistakes. And you'll win off that. If you're trying to play as like a four or five mistake game, you're not winning that. I'm sorry, but, um, I definitely think Ohio state will win just not by 17 and a half. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that 17 and a half is too big of a spread. Maybe if they played like in like eight weeks, that's like we'll see where the teams are both at. But like first game out the gate, you're away. You're at Notre Dame. 730 game night game. And they're ranked five, bro. This spread is a little ridiculous. And it's called I'm, I'm like 99 percent sure it's called game day. OK, I'm, this is this spreads a little ridiculous. I could see them. I agree with you, Zach. Like they'll be like come out of the second half, probably end up winning the game by 10 to 14 points I could see. But I think the Ohio State just has too many too many good athletes, bro. Henderson, the receiving core's nuts, Stroud's nuts. They just reload every year. But I'm curious to see who they replaced on the offensive line because they did lose Petit and then they lost uh, Bear Mumford or whatever his name is too on the right side. Yo, so, guys, I'm sorry. Am I tripping right now? But College Game Day says they're going to Columbus. 
that's Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State. The game is at Notre Dame. Oh, is that for Cincinnati, Arkansas? Or is no, it's that at game Arkansas. Arkansas. Hey, yo. Yo, this is kind of huge, actually. Like, I know I just ruined the pace of everything, but, like, this is actually a big deal. Wait, what? No, they're at the Ohio. The game is at Ohio State. Okay, so that's why this. Okay. Oh, oh shit. shit. Ohio State. Give me the spread. Yeah. Give me Ohio State <laughs> spread. Notre Dame. Yeah. You're done. Oh, you don't I thought it was at chance. Notre Dame. I could have sworn it was at Notre Dame. Grayson, great call, though. Because, okay, yep. Anything I just said, give me the minus 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Notre, Dame is, Notre Dame isn't going to know what fucking hit them. 30 to, 30 to 10. Yeah. You're oh, traveling, man. You're traveling to the big house. Dude, and it's it, I'm not the only one that thought that, though, right? Like, we all thought it was at Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. I could have sworn this dude, whole time it was at Notre Dame. And I was like, oh, that's their I will admit. Time. I will admit, I feel like anytime I turn on my TV to, like, an 8 o'clock game on ABC, it's always Notre Dame playing. It's like Notre Dame. Notre Dame's just always playing on ABC. Dude. Yeah, they're getting their ass kicked. Dude, it's, it's, fuck. So listen, listen, listen. Going into this, I was ready to bat. I I am in no way a Notre Dame fan, but I was ready to come in here and battle you guys and fight for Notre Dame and say they they were going to barely lose, yada, yada, yada. Then I just look it up. It's college game day at Ohio State. Jack Harlow's performing. Ryan Day is joining them live. The 2002 Ohio State National Championship team reunion will be there, and they have another special guest. Ohio State by fucking 50, bro. They're yeah, going to yeah. run them out of the water. And it sucks. I, was so, I did so much homework preparing to back Notre Dame and to, and to be like, no, they have a shot. There's absolutely no way in hell they're winning in the horseshoe. There's they're no fucked. way. They're fucked. They're, yeah. they're going to be embarrassed off the yeah, field. Gonna they it's going to be – no, play. I still agree with Zach, though. Sorry, Caleb. It's going to be a very close first half because yeah. Ohio State always starts off slow, slow. and then they're going to run it up in the second. I got like 42-17 yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have – we're going to have – because – in my opinion, I think they wanted to start the C.J. Stroud Heisman campaign last year, but I think this year this is where they're going to get that shit kick started immediately. Like they're going to be like, "Yeah, this kid is like first round draft pick, like new star of the league. Like he's going to be the fa- he's going to be the face of the N- the first NCAA." Well, I don't even think it. if NCAA were to come out, he's who would be on the cover of this year. That's how I think the um, NCAA views C.J. Stroud this year. Um, he had a fantastic year last year. He's only going to get better, um, especially now with a more veteran team. Um, Ryan Day took over the reins perfectly of that program. Um, but, yeah, I had to say what I had to say about Notre Dame, keeping it close because it's a Notre Dame thing to do and an Ohio State thing to do, which is just not play how you're supposed to play opening the season because you just – there's a lot of distractions going into it. Dude, that there's just a like ton completely of changed everything. Yeah. I just completely changed everything. Yeah, Ohio State's going to rape them now. Fuck. Yeah. But after, you know, you finish watching that Ohio State ass-whooping of Notre Dame, you know, you may wake up Sunday. You may have to do some repenting to your Lord and Savior. You may have to um, sit down for a while, get all your demons out. But um, have no fear because you have all day to kill because there's only one game, and that would be at 730 at night when the Knowles go on down to the uh, All-State kickoff game to take on LSU. And I believe this game is at NOLA because I know a ton of kids are going to NOLA from Tally. It's in uh, the Saints. It's in the Saints stadium. 
Dude, yeah, I just lost all my excitement good. for like the rest of the pod because I was so excited. Oh, man. Yeah, that's gonna suck. Um that's, yeah, well yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I gotta get I gotta get a laptop charger real quick. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um so we're looking at FSU versus LSU. LSU is opening up at three-point favorites. Obviously, LSU new head coach, Brian Kelly, coming from Notre Dame. Um, what I'm hoping is, is Brian Kelly still has some of that uh, Notre Dame bullshit sprinkled on his ass as he takes <laughs> his way, as he takes his ways down to um, Baton Rouge. And um, I don't think he's going to have his boys ready for the Knowles. I think the Knowles really came out strong um, week zero. With that running back trio, I think they were solid. Now, the, here are some facts to support those LSU lovers. I'll get this out of the way first. Um, LSU has a great chance to make a first impression with Brian Kelly. Um, and for Florida State, um, they have a shot of beating SEC team on the road, which they haven't done in a while. Some two facts that I found were was Brian Kelly hasn't lost an opening game since 2016, and Florida State hasn't beaten an SEC opponent since 2017. Now, these – this would sound like I'm saying LSU is going to walk away with this victory. However, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. This is Norvell's prove-it year, and if there was a time to prove it, it would be against this LSU team, and I think he's going to do what he's got to do and pull out all the stops. I think we're going to see some crazy trickery. We're going to see some flea flickers. We're going to see Jordan Travis catching some passes. We're going to see running backs throwing back. Yeah. Mark my words. No, don't do this again. Don't do this again. All right. If you go two for two, two, if you go two for two with bold predictions, I'm going to just have to quit the pod. Okay, (laughs) yeah. No. I'll go with a less bold prediction, though. Um, I'm going to say Jordan Travis is going to have over 75 rushing yards, and I think um, FSU is going to win this game. Mm. That's my bold prediction. I'm I'm not even too sure about LSU this year. But I'm just going to take them just because I still don't believe in Florida State. I know you boys love them, and I would ride them with you, but I just don't believe in Florida State. And I don't even like Brian Kelly. I don't think – I think he's an overrated coach, and he's so lame, dude. Those hype videos they were releasing, he, like, looks like a, like a fucking robot. Like, he's just – like, he's a sicko, dude. Dude, the, he has I no know. Southern to him. That's why. Dude, the boys are, like, getting and loose, and he's like – I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what is happening right now? Wait, 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 wait. Please tell me y'all saw the video of his fake ass – Louisiana accent. Yeah, when he yes. went to the basketball oh. game. Yeah. Okay, you know yeah. what? You know what? I'm flipping. I want to go Florida State. <laughs> yeah. I'm going Florida State, bro. Fuck it. Fuck Brian Kelly. Fuck LSU. Knowles plus three, baby. Let's go, baby. So yeah. So this one was really hard for me because I I met the center for uh LSU on my plane ride back from New Orleans this year. Talked to him a bunch. Said he was gonna come on the pod and give us and give me tickets. Ghosted me. Welcome to the life of a journalist. Wow. Anyways, so fuck him for that. But he was a really nice kid. Second of all, um, the thing is what I look at is regardless of your opinion on Florida State uh, of how they played last year, which is they went five and seven, they played shit. Their defense was phenomenal. Their defense pulled Mm -hmm. up in every game. And I think their defense might be the deciding factor in this game because you have have Brian Kelly coming in, brand-new coach with a brand-new quarterback in Jaden Daniels. And I don't think Jaden Daniels has played a defense as good as Florida State's. And, or at least not beaten one, may I say. I don't think he's going to – I don't think they're going to be able to – I think I think Florida State's defense is just they're, – they're fast, they're mean, and I don't know if Jaden Daniels can play that speed of ball. He, he was, he's a good quarterback. He did very well in the Pac-12. But this matchup is going to be physical and fast. There's a lot of Southern boys on, this, on these rosters, and there's a lot of mean guys that are going to drop shoulders and hit him. 
I don't think you get that. I don't think you get that environment in the Pac-12. You don't. Um, I think Florida State's got to utilize the run. They got to attack the run with three running backs. You look at all the best Florida State teams since we've been alive, Zach, watching Florida State. They've had great running backs. Even when Jameis won the Heisman, he wouldn't have been as successful if it wasn't for the openings from the running backs. So I also the, the, the other thing that upsets me is, is it is in Louisiana. So it's going to be kind of a home game for LSU. Yeah, that's kind of fucked. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. Same with the kickoff game with Georgia. Like, why? Yeah, I don't know why they should have flipped them. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. They should have. That was great, great point there by Caleb Burns. I'm gonna rock with Florida State though, just because I think that game one, uh, getting the jitters out is gonna help them out. I don't really have too much more to say. They're like, they're like super fucking evenly matched teams. So uh, I think Florida State. I think the diversity of how they can score and and then the pressure of shutting down Jaden Daniels. I think I think Florida State takes it. Yeah. Low scoring game, low scoring game. Yeah, I think the the only reason I say this, um, and it's because I think Florida State showed a lot of offensive schemes versus Duquesne, where they showed a lot of zone reads, but we always ended up giving the ball to the back. We did not utilize Travis on the ground at all, except for that one rushing touchdown, and it kind of confused me. I was like, why aren't we just like at least giving him chances? Maybe to they didn't want to risk him. Like they didn't want to risk him getting hurt. Or I don't know. I don't think it was a risk thing. I think is we showed such strength in the running back group that LSU is going to commit so hard to our running backs and the run game that it's going to allow Travis to just slip play action pass is going to open up. It's going to allow him to keep some of those reads, take off to the outside, buck sweeps, veer options. Like the option game we didn't utilize at all week one and we didn't really need to. But if you're game planning against Florida State, I would only bank on the run. I would force Travis to beat you through the air. But I think Travis has – like taking some massive strides um, as a pure quarterback, like throwing the ball, making proper reads. I think he's done a lot better um, even just in that week one. So I think he's going to shot. I think he's going to be a big surprise. I do have that ball prediction. He's going to have over like, like 50, 75 rushing yards. I truly believe that, but don't be surprised if he also opens up for over 200 yards in the air. Like I would not be surprised. I don't, if think, he he's, I don't think he's the best pa- pocket passer, but I think he's one of the best rollout passers in the college football. Yes, because yes. I don't even know if it's because his arms are good or the threat of his feet bite people down. But he's really good at play action. I think that, like you said, that could open a lot of doors for Florida State. Yeah. So rolling in, that will wrap up Sunday. We have one more game. It's um, not even a game. It's a massacre. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, if you are a sick bastard and you like watching just teams get absolutely pummeled, um, you sick fuck. Um, then tune in at 8 p.m. as you watch a power five uh, number four Clemson take on a completely depleted engineering school of math nerds, uh, Georgia Tech. Because uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, I, I really think Georgia Tech may not win a game this year. They play one FCS opponent and that'll be their only win. Um, they, they may even lose their bye week, um, to be honest. They'll probably like get a coach fired during their off week and they'll lose that shit too. Um, yeah. Clemson may actually not even make this remotely interesting, but uh, if you just like that we're in the season of college football and you just want to hear that ESPN broadcast going on in the background while you knock out some Monday homework or, you know, you're sitting down and just got off work, want to throw something on, go ahead, turn it on, watch. If you're a Clemson fan and you want to, you know, get your hype up for a DJ, turn the ball over, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> go, go right on ahead. Turn that on. All, I'm all for it. Watch some football. But yeah, I literally didn't even do research on this game because I could literally put my literal life on the line to say that Clemson is going to win this game. 
And that I, with that, I will give my sign off. Great week of college football. I don't know if you guys want to say anything about I, it. I have the exact uh, same. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Um, even though it's um, screw Dabo, you know, NIL deals, you know, we can't be paying these kids. You make $10 million. <laughs> screw yourself. I don't care. <laughs> um, you're just mad that now other teams can finally pay their players too. Um, get over yourself. You were only good because Trevor Lawrence was there. Just kidding. You did build a solid program. I'll respect you for that. But yeah. Solid week one uh, preview. I'm sticking with my picks. Um, yeah. Grayson, Caleb, pleasure having you boys on. It was great. Appreciate y'all boys. Hell yeah. We'll check back in with y'all later.